1: Welcome to a brand new episode of Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection podcast that looks at the things that we loved when we were younger and asks the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader. And of course, I don't do this show alone. No, I found him in a vat in an abandoned laboratory. It's Nick Shermooksness, Nick, hello.
2: Hello, hi, hi, David. I, I don't. I'm not legally allowed to use the original intro I was going to use. So, um, just hello. Every, oh hello, my everyone.
1: gosh! Why do you have to even bring attention to it? That's <laughs> the worst thing you could do.
2: Yeah, uh, it's good to be. It's good to be out of the the vat of um, fluids. I'll say. <laughs> uh, happy to be here, of course.
1: Now uh, you're going to be doing the rest of this podcast uh, in dinosaur noises, correct? Ah. That's what. That's what oh. we have discussed.
2: Hold on, let me bust up my my English accent again. Hello, govna.
1: Oh wow, it's somehow gotten worse. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean,
2: I'm in, I'm in Switzerland now, so it's like a, there's like five official languages, so I don't really know which one to speak in.
1: Oh, of which I know none of them. So look, look at me. I'm so. I oh I'm I'm in Switzerland. I'm so cultured. I'm a traveler. Um, before you
2: introduce the guest, let me just put my monocle on. Okay, go.
1: All right. Well, I'm gonna introduce the guest to someone who's not as pretentious as you. Uh, but mm-hmm. they are similar and the, they have the exact same name as you. So this will be fun and confusing for exact, everybody. <laughs>
2: exact, exact same. Welcome, Nick Shermooks to Nick the Sher-Muches.
1: podcast. <laughs> no, it is another Nick, but it is Nick Kimball of Wicked Good Books. Nick Kimball, hello. Welcome to the show.
0: Hello. Thank you
1: for having me. Uh, now, for people who may not be familiar with Wicked Good Books and your work, what is, uh, what is all that?
0: So Wicked Good Books is uh, a booktube channel or just a YouTube channel dedicated to uh, books and book reviews and suggestions. Um, essentially, just I'm fine, I'm doing my, in my you know, spare time. Uh, we talk about books and things book adjacent, uh, which I equate to TV shows, video games, movies, anything related to books or book adaptations uh, we kind of talk about on my show.
1: Nice. I like I like I like book adjacent because yep. that could mean so many things like it's physically near books it's
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> this classified ad is, is now what we're discussing exactly
1: I mean it's the written word you have to physically use your eyeballs
2: <laughs> you know, now you need, you need like a wicked good clickbait podcast or what YouTube you know where you just like read clickbait articles <laughs> just oh. just the
0: headlines that it sounds book adjacent
1: sounds that book that like that seems like a bad idea to me because i feel like that requires you to click on clickbait stuff and it, it, it does, does fuel
0: the enemy. but but I'm, <laughs> also
1: i'm more worried about the like what that's going to do to his computer
0: For, easily <laughs> fry it within a week but what do you mean
2: doctors say they don't recommend the this <laughs> thing
1: that they Wow, that's when. What do doctors mean when they say don't recommend this thing? I mean, that is clickbait and <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clickbait.
0: That's very, that's very clickbaiting.
2: <laughs> Love lip injections.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, well, why don't we go ahead and uh, since you're not doing that, why don't we go ahead and talk about our topic for this week, which was provided to us by Mister Kimball there, and that is Zoid's chaotic century. Set on the distant planet Z, after a war between the Empire and the Republic, Zoid's chaotic century follows a young man named Van after he discovers a mysterious girl named Fiona and an organoid named Zeke. With the two of them, Van travels across Z on his Zoid, a powerful metallic life form that can be piloted to discover the secrets of the ancient Zoidians. That's right, it's (laughs) Zoids all the way down.
2: <laughs> but but true because like literally the first thing that stood out to me was that the theme song was just <laughs> <laughs> zoids zoids, zoids. So <laughs> they didn't even try there
0: zoids. 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 So- and if you notice at the end of the theme song it just goes zoids <laughs> like somebody somebody recorded that in a booth somewhere what's
1: okay so what's funny is i so this, is, this show is not easy to necessarily find on the internet. It required some digging, and I found it, and uh, I found, like, whatever versions I found had the original, like, Japanese intro, which is, like, much more subdued usual anime intro. So it's, <laughs> it's funny to me. I should have looked this up, because it's really funny to me that the, the American intro is just, like, okay, just put the, put the name of the, the franchise <laughs> over oh, a yeah. heavy rock beat.
0: Heavy rock. The, that, that guy went to town. He's going at it.
1: <laughs> it's like how, but it works for Power Rangers. Do it for Zoids. Exactly. <laughs> now, uh, Nick Gimble, you brought this to us. You're the reason why I watched Zoids this week. Uh, <laughs> why? Why did you pick it? What? What is your nostalgic love for Zoids? <laughs>
0: Whew. It's a loaded question, but I um I love big mech things, right? And growing up um during the golden age of Tsunami when Gundam Wing and Evangelion um Big O these are the big shows that I watched um after Dragon Ball Z uh around I want to say it's the early 2000s and I came across Zoids I think Tsunami put it on as a new show um and it was the the uh, the I think it's the first season where they just uh, they they fight in an arena basically and it kind of caught my attention, but didn't like pull me in. And then I started watching the new show Chaotic Century, which was more of like plot driven and more, there's a little more of a story there, sort of, <laughs> uh, at least at the time I thought there was. Um, and I just love the idea of uh, piloting or Jaegering these giant robots and, and battling each other. That's just a big thing I was into. I was super into building the models for Gundam Wing. And then I saw that Zoids had released a whole line of both the toys and the models. So I consumed and bought all of them at the time. Uh, and there was just something about it that uh, it definitely wasn't the theme song, but, but, it, <laughs> but it was a uh,
2: selling point.
0: It wasn't the, the theme. The theme song was not the selling point, but it was on that. I don't know if it was on the cusp. But it was on the fringes when anime was starting to mix 3D animation with uh, mm. hand drawn, and and usually always goes pretty poorly. Um, even now, today, it doesn't really it doesn't really translate well, in my opinion, but. For some reason, this show it worked because the things that were hand drawn were the characters, and the things that were three D were the larger life robots. Uh, at least in some scenes, I noticed last night and the, uh, the day before, I was watching some of the old episodes where you definitely uh, <laughs> they definitely animated some of the robots, and then some were three D. So it was really odd that they had the budget to like do certain scenes in three D and certain scenes not. But yeah. um, incredibly privileged. Yeah. I just love the the battling robots and the fact that they're animals just kind of harkened back to my old beast wars love It kind of took my love for beast wars, my love for Gundam wing, and put them together and at the time it was just I was all about it
1: oh beast wars another uh another show that has graced our <laughs> our podcast so far we uh if you want to hear our thoughts on that, you can listen that's uh, that's another of uh, of Nick's. Well, I guess I was gonna say Nick's friends that that he brought for that, but it's your actual brother. So uh, go listen to that with uh, with with, with uh, yeah. I don't know where that sentence was going. Nick, share mooksness. What about you? You and Zoids. You a big Zoids kid? Um, I mean, I, I I remember
2: watching Zoids fondly with my brother. Um, you know, we definitely were into the Mechs, and you know, there was the Gundam, but basically yeah, everything that Nick Kimball just said. Uh, when we have to say our names, the full names, otherwise it's just, you know, am I talking about myself? I don't know. And you probably um, Are you narcissist? <laughs> I, I'm in Switzerland right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, I, I loved it. I wouldn't, I don't think I, I ever had a Zoids toy. Um, but I, I did enjoy, I remember watching both. I don't know if I had ever finished both like the chaotic century and new century. Um, but i did like chaotic century as a kid i mean it was the hero's journey it was as as nick kimball said it was more plot driven you know the epic mech battles and stuff like that's the kind of stuff that i was and in some cases i still are am still drawn to today so i think especially for a kid there was a lot about zoids especially 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 the theme song that that kids would love uh and so it was actually a really fun topic to to revisit
1: I realized something about myself with Zoids as I was watching it. Um, so I, I wasn't a Zoids kid. I never watched Zoids. And, but I've always been like a fan of anime. Uh, but what I realized, well, I shouldn't say that. There's, there, there are anime series that I enjoy because anime is not just a genre. You, you know, anime does not encompass all anime. There are dramatic animes and action animes and et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So that being said, I realized like, I don't have a distaste for giant robot mech uh animes but i just for some reason never watched them they just like never really catch a lot of interest for me because i realized like i never really watched gundam uh watching zoids i realized zoids never really held a big interest for me the only one that i I have any knowledge of really watching is even galleon so this while this was also at the same time that like it would have hit for me of You know, I was like big into Dragon Ball Z at the time that this was on, and here was like another exciting action anime. Just for some reason, giant robots that were not Power Rangers uh, (laughs) did not interest me. Uh, And this is like super like Power Rangers esque, but they never they never Voltron together. Maybe if they Voltron together, I'd be. I mean, at the, the
2: end, they kind of shoved the liger inside the Brontosaurus <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I have, so kind of-
1: I have a lot to say about the, the, final, <laughs> the final attack of this show. Uh, because no matter, no matter my, my biggest feelings, I was like, they just launched a, a tiger out of a cannon attached to the back of a Brontosaurus. And that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> That's a good sentence. Yeah, it's it's very satisfying to get to say all of that together at, at once. But all that to say, I never really checked Zoids out. I was aware of it, but just never really caught my interest. So this was a, a new one for me, a first one for me. Am I going to watch more Zoids? Keep listening to find <laughs> out. Uh, before we get to our discussion, though, Nick Shermooksness. Why don't you tell us a bit about the world's history with Zoids' chaotic century?
2: Well, sure, David. Uh, Zoids began as a model kit franchise in the early 1980s. The Japanese toy company Tomi Tomi. Tomi, Tomi, Tomi. Tomi, released their model-lit line Mechabonica in the U.S. under the name Zoids. The Zoids line in the U.S. was more successful than Mechabonica, which led Tomi to reintroduce the line in Japan under a new name which is unclear if it was also named it was also named zoids oh they did they just i I had the idea that they were like all right we don't like mechabonica Mm -hmm. but we're not going to call it zoids no no. no. Um, (laughs) the franchise expanded into animation in 1999 with the lease of zoids chaotic century despite being the first zoid series made it was the second to air in the u.s the follow-up series guardian force is considered a separate series but was aired in the u.s as one show with two seasons there have been four more series of Zoids since Chaotic Century, but it is still considered the best by many fans.
1: Yeah, Kimball, you mentioned earlier when you know the first Zoid series that you saw is the one of them fighting like, arena style. And that you actually was
2: New Century, right?
1: That's New Century, and that is actually the follow-up to Chaotic Century and, and Guardian I mean, Force. It is the this is actually set the sequel. after that one. Yeah. <laughs> and and some of the characters uh do show up apparently. So it is very odd that that's the first one they decided to air in the for U.S. Sure.
2: <laughs> they, I mean, it was they did not care at that point that's in true. time for like uh, continuity. The kids, oh, the no, kids no. are
1: going
0: to show up. Tsunami was just trying to get their hits, and I think and trying to get uh, the next big uh, Dragon Ball Z or Gundam show out there. Um, yeah. to sell toys and get young kids into
1: it. There, there's this um, other podcast I listen to called Pistol Shrimp Radio, uh, with with Matt Gorley on it, and Matt Gourley has talked about Zoids quite a bit on there. And me never being a Zoids kid, I always thought like, okay, Zoids must have been like Voltron, like uh, Thundercats. You know, back in the the '80s, they had an anime that got poorly dubbed over here into America just to sell toys uh but i have come to know like he just was really into like the model kit aspect of it i didn't realize zoid started as a model uh like model kits that later like t- almost <laughs> 20 years later then got made into an anime that's interesting to me that it took that long for them to be like well the model sales are are kind of petering out let's make a toy and sell these to kids well, well, I, I,
0: wonder, I wonder if the the success of the gundam model kits oh. had played any part in that cuz i know those are huge um, and I don't know if there was the same makers, like th- um same company put them out, but I remember building both Gundam and Zoid's models at the time, like around the same time actually, and them being very similar, like the kits were very similar.
1: Yeah, but Gundam's also one of those shows that like it it had a a show in the 70s. Yeah. we didn't yeah, really Gundam. Yeah. That we didn't really care about it here until uh but what was it? Gundam Wing? Was that the show? Again, not not Who's big that? into the mech animes
0: was the, the biggest successful one, I think. Racist, but...
1: So, this so for me, the question is: I'll put to the two of you because you you both were were Zoids kids and Kimball, It sounds like you know you were big into collecting all this stuff. For someone like me who doesn't understand, what is the appeal of of Zoids?
0: Well, I think for me, it was it was this. Starting from things like Power Rangers and Thundercats, and and following along with these giant robot shows and stories, and then you're getting into Gundam Wing, which is a little more adult, a little more serious—at least Gundam Wing is—and um, then Zoids kind of took it back down to being a little more fun and colorful, whereas Gundam is very gray and brown and, and mm. abysmal. <laughs> and you get to Zoids; it's a little more flashy and fun and, and action-packed, and I, I won't say lighthearted. Uh, but just has different stakes, right? And the world building seemed like it was there for me, um, at least in Chaotic Century. And I think for me, on top of wanting to collect the models and play in that world and just exist in that world, um, it was a little more relatable with the younger characters, whereas in Gundam Wing, for me anyway, there's a lot lot of dark themes, characters dealing with depression and, and war and politics. While I was interested in it, and probably more so now, as I've gotten older, um Zoids was a little more uh for my demographic my age demographic and i think it pulled me in with that um on top of the already being a collector of toys and enjoying them and wanting to kind of get into it and then later on would you know the reason why i watched Evangelion was because of Zoids, because i wanted to consume more giant robot uh uh content and then when i was you know looking up lists for best robot shows even evangelium was there that's a that's a show i probably would have never gotten into without zoids believe it or not hmm. even though i loved gundam i was just kind of pushed it off to the side and i needed more as i've gotten older and and to this day i still enjoy a, a good giant robot show and i'm not sure if it's just the idea of a young person piloting this larger than life uh armor it almost harkens back to like fantasy like the knights in armor like they wear these giant pieces of armor and these giant weapons and they go into battle with them and i feel like giant robot shows sort of take that to the the sci-fi next level and for for me at least that's what what pulls me in every time
1: (laughs) that's fair because i do remember also around the same time uh there was a a show Called Escafloné? Do either of you remember yes. Escafloné?
0: Yeah, Escafloné. Love Escafloné. <laughs> yeah,
1: Escafloné was like was the literal. I'm pretty sure he was a knight whose armor was a a mech. Yep. For some reason, Escafloné, I watched. I don't understand That's where the, where the. We got to bring that
0: back.
2: I think I remember liking it. Maybe we need to revisit that because now I actually don't know if it was good or not.
0: I think the movie was really good. Um, I I think they did a movie and then a show. Um, I remember loving the movie. It was really dark, though, for its time, very similar to Gundam Wing, where I remember watching it and some of the blood and some of the things they were talking about. I was like, this seems a little ahead of my, my age demographic at the time, but I loved it.
2: I consumed it. For like like most twelve year olds I was very into the existential dread of war and conflict <laughs> and you know nations rising and falling, so I mean this was yeah, all of this hit home for me,
1: yeah, well Gundam wing Gundam Wing did have so much angst, there was oh, yeah so much angst in Gundam wing from from what I remember that was a uh, just that's one I watched a few episodes of, and even like reflecting on the little bit I watched, I remembered thinking that was dark, even as like thirteen years old, I'm like that's oh. Mm-hmm that's kind of messed up.
2: We probably watched a bit of a scrubbed version of it, you know, when it came over to the U S like I was reading some random comments on Zoids and someone was saying that like they saw the original Japanese version and there was like blood and other stuff in it that I don't think was really present in the U S version. So, which not, I mean, I don't think that's surprising. I think a lot of shows like say Sailor Moon were also uh, scrubbed a bit.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, they were, I mean, generally, you know, the censorship rules and all that are, are quite a bit different. So, not to, not to break down all the stuff on that, but let's actually get into discussion of Zoid's Chaotic Century a bit because this, this is the thing, it's very common in anime where it's like, okay, what's the hook of our world? Okay, giant robots that look like animals. Great. Now let's make that the most important thing in the whole world. Like the entire world revolves around Zoids. And all I can think about with a series like this is like, I just want to see like the baker. In a, in a town, in a world like this, who has nothing to do with all this stuff. It's like, oh, great, more Zoids battles. Ugh. Just, just trying to sell well, my roles.
0: Guess I gotta rebuild my restaurant again.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's, to be fair. To
2: be fair, to get a little real, like even in in the our the real world, like you know, bakers are still out there baking. But obviously, whether it's in the forefront or in the back of your mind, like things like say nuclear armament and all of that, or the arms race and all that, like is still a big mover within with in between societies today. But- so, Zoids, yeah, is this? It might be. I mean, obviously, animes are much more simplistic than, or in this anime at least is much more simplistic than you know the real world, but. Uh, I can definitely see why mecha animals, you know, were a big driver in society. But the, of...
1: the difference being, um, sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you off there, but the difference being like, yes, nuclear, nuclear war, like nuclear warheads are the deadliest thing as, as, that we have on our planet. Uh, but we don't have nuclear warheads driving around our towns, taking our kids to school or doing construction or, you know, just generally coexisting with us on in our everyday lives where
2: however i am now writing down an idea about um Timmy the nuclear warhead and how they are going to school but
1: it it also is one of these things too where it's like well there's not a lot of laws concerning zoids it feels like (laughs) this anime starts with van being chased by a, a, a few people in Zoids who were just like, you know what, we wanted to see what the guns were like on this one. So we're hunting you, child, to kill you in the desert.
2: Very emphatic about that, how it's just Extremely. sort of he was the wrong place at the wrong time and we're just going to freaking murder him.
0: I found it really interesting, too, a couple of things for the first episode um, that never would have stuck out to me. Um, uh, one, later in the seasons when they do like their recap uh the the new intro for zoids the song at least in the, the final episode definitely sounded like jurassic park i, I noticed that <laughs> the the melody had a Jurassic park ring to it um, but with the first episode uh with van's character and a lot of the character models too but specifically van's character model he definitely looked like jim from treasure planet and the first <laughs> episode kind of swings out with him on a hovering board with a Cropped, you know, shaved sides on his hair with a little ponytail. It's literally the exact same look as Jim from the a like of Treasure Planet. like were, like, super, super cool back then. It, like. it was the thing. If you had, like, soaps and you had wheelie shoes, you had to have a Hoverboard, too. Um, and it's so interesting to me that that now aside, those are just little things I have my notes here that, like, stuck out to me in the first episode um, was that they were trying to just grab onto all these different things. Like, oh, we got Gundam over here. We got Beast Wars. We got Treasure Planet. Like, all, whatever was popular at the time. I'm not even sure Treasure Planet, Treasure Planet came out. I think Treasure Planet came out afterwards. To be honest, yes, it but did. No, I, but they do, do. They
2: do ahead <laughs> of time. Like the people right. that made Zoids were like future seers or something.
1: Well, that kind of, May- that kind of like tells you like they were that kind of where the barometer was cultural wise, where it's like you have this sort of like cool anti you know counterculture youth who's riding around on a skateboard, but it's the future, so it's a hoverboard, and <laughs> he's got like shaved sides, haircut, and uh no parental supervision
0: at all tattoo on his face it's either a band-aid or a tattoo we're not sure
1: yeah
2: also like i mean he has a hoverboard so i i don't know what the economy looks like here but also like he was living in like a desert village that didn't seem like it had a super robust economy so like where did he get it though i think that the anime actually kind of touches on him being a bit resourceful and that he was like already raiding for say the the ruins where he finds zeke and fiona which no. is interesting,
0: too, because that ruins, he says, ancient ruins, right, in the first episode. And that ancient ruins looks pretty high-tech itself with, like, dusty zoids attached to it. So it just makes you wonder how long zoids have been a part of this world. Uh, it's <laughs> very I think very they've been
1: around since the beginning. Because there, there are, and I hate, I hate saying this phrase, but it is from the TV show, <laughs> ancient zoidian uh no. oh god that just feels <laughs> feels gross in my mouth but the there there was this race of like cuz Fiona uh and then the the guy who is introduced so we watched uh for for listeners we watched the first two episodes and then uh the last two episodes and a lot changes in between that time <laughs>
2: Um we, we can sum we can sum it up though. It it's the typical like JRPG first episodes they rescue a cat, the last episodes they kill God. I mean <laughs> Exactly. That's
1: that's pretty much true because in the second half of the series, there's this character of Hilts who is uh introduced, and Hilts and Fiona are are these ancient zoidians uh who are like <laughs> indigenous to this planet and can like they they built the original machines or something. I so so Zoids are like these giant robots, but they're also people. But they're it gets very muddled very quickly.
2: It does. The Zoids are kind of Pokemon, where they're like supposed to be these like there's wild Zoids, or there were for the most part. Yeah. And now they're sort of they were supposed to be autonomous. They have thoughts and feelings and concerns and favorite cookie recipes. But now they're basically under the uh enslavement basically of like the governments and and people and you really can't find a wild one and it really is this weird like you're i mean in in the real of course like we you know subjugate you know living creatures all the time you know but it is this but and but in sort of like um i mean like for example like uh cockfights are not really something that's like uh, mainstream popular but like in zoids especially in like say new century like the whole Like, as you were saying earlier, David, the whole society is kind of built around Zoids. So there's sort of an accepted thing like, hey, we acknowledge the autonomy of these creatures, but we're going to enslave them and then make them fight each other. Like, do you think the Liger really wants to fight the scorpion? That's a sentence.
1: Uh, I mean, but again, like it, it gets very confusing on our zoids because there's the ones that you can pilot and get into and they like f- you know for millions of years sit in the dust and rust or whatever uh are those ones sentient or right because the... there's a... there's zeke there's zeke the the, the organoids um
0: <laughs> who's very sentient <laughs> who's very
1: sentient and then they have like the liger who what is that i don't know and well, he, it, it it interesting too because
0: right? you see them like when they're not in the like you see when they're piloting them right, and then when it zooms out and you can see them from far away. The Zoids seem to have like you know the, a personality. Like in Gundam, when you look at uh, what was it Death Scythe? He's not like moving his head or kind of standing in place. He's frozen. He the the Gundams move with the pilots, and Zoids. It feels like when you zoom outside the pilot seat, the animals, the giant robot animals, are still like kind of pacing in you know in place moving their heads around roaring and i'm like i'm pretty sure the pilot's not like pressing the roar button just over and over again for a dramatic <laughs> effect
2: to be fair if i was a zoid pilot i probably would you know when you're in like a competitive <laughs> game and you're just like hitting the exactly you know cheer. shout button cheer the little cheer. Emotes, emotes like <laughs> it's basically the same
1: thing there would be so I... many buttons inside of a zoid cockpit or it seems like be. there were why not just have one that makes it roar
0: tail wags sway howl growl
1: exactly
0: <laughs> there
2: are all these buttons and and you see that in like a ton of animes or, or any show really that they show like the inside of a cockpit i mean if you look at the inside of a space shuttle or, or an airplane like there's a lot of switches and stuff but you only ever see people hitting like three things three things like here, here's the, the 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 lever or whatever that i'm dramatically pushing forward as quickly as possible uh and then like uh there's that the the, the red button
1: yeah, I love I love to whenever they show because there's like a a scene in this when uh, when the liger is fighting the scorpion. I'm just I'm leaning into it now, and uh, he does like some fancy maneuver and like dodges some blow and like cuts off a part of the the scorpion. But all we see as far as Van in the cockpit is just like an arm maybe moves a little bit, but <laughs> the screen like shakes or like zooms in dramatically to show like he's doing <laughs> something right now.
0: He's doing it. He's really doing it.
1: And that's that's one of the f- funniest parts of some of these animes to me is when you can see the budget constraints because they they obviously <laughs> oh, yeah. threw money towards okay let's make like the fight scenes look good. But I love when you can just see like there's a, a static shot of a character and all that moves is their mouth. And you're know, yeah. like, this is where they're saving themselves some money is for exactly s- ten seconds. Someone like the camera's not moving at all.
2: And, and speaking of, of a van, like when, especially when he was fighting the scorpion, I really liked his speech where he was like saying that the only real difference between him and the guy he was fighting was that like, he doesn't like truly respect his zoid or something like that. Like he was basically like the heart of the cards type bullshit stuff. Um, and he's like, and, and I'm just like, I mean, like the, it's the same controls right like we all have the same cockpits that's what the the creators gave us because the budget constraints but like but even like seriously it's sort of like why is it that like you have to have like this special bond but really that was the just, theme
0: of all anime around I, that time too i mean it it's is. True. i mean it's all the, the catch them all gotcha catch them all yeah you know heart of the you, cards the <laughs> death matches Shinji's but mom also is a giant
2: robot that's uh, really masochist.
1: yeah I, I, I want to mention one thing about Hiltz, though, because Hiltz is the guy who was piloting, piloting the Scorpion. And the only reason I want to bring this up is because doing research for this show brought me to the, uh, the Zoids fan wiki. And I love fan wikis because <laughs> there is not the same sort of thought process as there is in Wikipedia, where it's like, okay, we kind of want to have some verified sources and phrase it in such a way that we're conveying information. The thing about fan wikis is that there is conjecture or there is a lot of shoulder shrugging uh both things i love cuz i just want to i want to read uh apart from Hiltz's fan wiki which is as mentioned Hiltz controls a vast organization that he uses throughout the series consisting of countless henchmen and mercenaries his orga- organization also seemingly possesses a sophisticated system of intelligence as well as groups of archaeologists and excavation teams His organization also has vast resources, including an underground facility located in a remote canyon, which he used to create and develop the Death Stinger, and a seemingly seemingly unlimited supply of zoids for his forces to use, along with various transport zoids, including at least two whale king, blah, 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 blah. Uh, The sources of his endless resources and henchmen has never been revealed. I I love that that is mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where it's, and and I just thought that that's like the character idea is like, okay, we're going to introduce Hilts, and he's not only a great Zoids pilot, but he also is infinitely wealthy and uses it all for his own war.
0: Exactly. It always cracks me up in anime when you have an anime when you look at like the. And I feel like it's something you only do as you get older, and I could be completely mm-hmm. wrong and biased about that, but I feel like even when I watch Evangelion now, it's one of my favorite animes of all time, and I just think about every time they get invaded by an angel. Uh, which are the, the the antagonists of Evangelion, they have to like evacuate. And I feel like it happens so often. I just think about like the bakery shop guy or the school teacher like, God, damn it, kids, under their desks. Like we gotta do it again. And the whole city like flips and changes. yet people still like stay their- and nope. like make money and live their life. And with Zoids, it's like who who's building all of it? Who, who's supplying the ammo and all nice. like the endless missiles? like the, somewhere out there, there's a factory where there's thousands of workers whose job is just to build the missiles and guns so that people can just chase after children in the desert. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. And
0: who's paying for this?
1: The The only difference I would say there is I recently just rewatched Evangelion, and, and as Evangelion goes on, like they start mentioning, yeah, everyone's moving away. Everyone has realized, <laughs> this sucks. Like, living is here is terrible, so we're going to go live <laughs> somewhere else.
2: But- and also... This is now an Evangelion uh, episode, sure. not, not Zoids. Right. The, sure. I think <laughs> in the beginning of the show, the angels, they hadn't shown up for like 15 years, right? But they built the city preemptively as like a, a oh, fortress sure. city that would change. So like, presumably like that, the area had probably been destroyed or whatever. And then they, they recreated it and people moved there being like, this is going to be a great baking. This is going <laughs> <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> T-
1: to be You Yeah. To, to, to Kimball's point about the endless resources of these guys, though, and them being all these henchmen, you have to you have to think, growing up, it's like your career choices are, well, like, hopefully I'm going to find an abandoned Zoid and become a Zoid pilot, <laughs> or I guess I'll be a henchman. I don't know. Right, those,
0: exactly. It
2: ch- almost worked from hilts. Like, that's where it could have gone.
1: Yeah. Van, well, hey, Luke's, Luke Skywalker almost uh, joined the Empire. He was getting ready to. So, True. So what I'm saying is that this is the same plot as Star Wars, more or less. <laughs>
2: yeah i can't i
0: can't imagine
1: yeah, yeah pretty much he finds a robot okay this is actually getting pretty pretty <laughs> parallels that goes on uh, which
0: makes sense you know it's a formula that works and you got all these new shows coming out and you're trying to make uh money you're trying to sell toys and which is something star wars did very well and i feel like mechs are the easiest sell for kids that age to just buy into because you've got they're, I think it was like fourteen ninety nine per model. Like they're pretty expensive for like large kits. Um, it could have even been more than that, to be honest.
2: And also, uh, you could just like you know throw some like racing flame decals on C three PO and then resell the toy. Well, we, you know exactly. with the same exact model,
1: hundred percent. We talked about this with Beast Wars. In Beast Wars, every season they're getting new beast evolutions whatever the crap it was called because it was like well we can't you know like it's been a year we can't just sell kids the same optimus prime we need to sell them a new optimus prime so give him a new look and that obviously happens here like well we need to introduce more enemies because we need to sell their zoids uh, to to help subsidize cuz we you know we can't we can't put a racing stripe on, stripe on the liger so let's sell them a giant scorpion
0: and you know, they did that too, because Ketarac Sentry, I th- I feel like kept pretty consistent lots of diversity in the Zoids and the colors, but not until the next season with New Century where they Liger could like evolve and there was different <laughs> types of kits that he could wear. And feel like they're like, How do we make more money off the Liger? Because we could sell a Shield Liger, but he's blue. I kinda wanna sell an orange one. Oh, we're gonna make that the Blade Liger or the yeah. Liger Zero. Liger Liger.
1: You also yeah. you also run into something. When you have to continue a series like this, because it can't just be the exact same. You've got to add your your new shtick. You've got to, right. like, what separates this series from the old one? And another anime that this happened a lot in, and this is reminding me of, is Digimon, where...
0: I was just going to say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Digimon, the first season is, you know, the rules are pretty clear cut. But as it goes on more and more... The, the lines of like what can and can't happen in Digimon blurs a lot. <laughs> and it actually, it actually got to a point where they basically were just like, okay, we're going to reboot the series because it's gotten yep. so out of control.
0: It's out of control.
1: <laughs> it, where it, with Zoids, it's like, I, I haven't watched anything past what little I've watched for this, but I have to imagine at some point they start combining, they start joining together into giant Zoids and other like, <laughs> you just have to keep upping the ante. In ways that are often uh, very ridiculous.
0: And chaotic century ends with the bang. I mean, you literally have the Death Sword. It's like the, it's the equivalent yes. to Thanos meets the Death Star. So I can't. I don't even remember who the main villain was for for New Century. I just remember being very arena based. Uh, I can't remember the guy. His name it was like. It was like very Final Fantasy esque. He was like Flash or Lightning or something like that. Um, Flash. Flash Thompson. <laughs> yeah. But they did. They they had to up every single. Zoid that you've seen in uh, in chaotic Centre has like a new form and a new paint job and new guns and attachments. And I remember those models like they were the same thing, just different colors. I feel like, the- Go ahead. Um, it gives credit to Pokemon for being like the real MVP for not really caring about that because Pikachu has looked like Pikachu has looked like Pikachu for years. Somewhere there's a landfill with just thousands and millions and trillions of yellow, exact same models, different shapes. And only now, (laughs) 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 not that they would be dumping, you know, Pikachu into the trash, but just thinking like that character model has not changed since we were kids, since it first came out. And my daughter now is actually super into anime and super into Pokemon. And I can't wait to bring her into shows like Zoids if she ever shows interest in large mechs and stuff. Um, But it's interesting to me to see that show like Pokemon where they, they, it, it takes them like a whole other expansion to add new character designs but you never see like Pikachu changing stripes or getting some new colors or wearing a jacket. I mean, he is wearing the hat in the Pikachu detective movie, so that's one I guess that's his upgrade. Yeah.
1: Argument
2: invalid cuz he wears a detective hat.
1: Pokemon <laughs> Pokemon is the highest uh grossing media franchise of all time. It is <laughs> they, there's no incentive for them to change it because they are making a hand over fist. Yep. Like it is it is uh, estimated to be worth 100 billion dollars.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: that it is uh, much more than the MC.U for people who are hmm. curious. And That's I'll insane. just say
2: uh to keep it a little bit a little bit on Zoids.
1: <laughs> um, we were getting back I guess one,
2: the base, of, well on the episodes we watched, like I said, it was like rescue cat and then save God. Like I'm sure there was a lot of development in between that stuff. But e- and and even though I had watched as a kid, I had forgotten a lot. But like when I watched those first two episodes and then got to the other two, I'm like, okay, like I, I kind of can assume everything that got us to this point. Um but what I also like, in, I don't know if it's really a trope per se, but like, despite all of these, like, we got to make all these new toys, like, the Liger fundamentally doesn't change mm-hmm. throughout the show mm-hmm. like they keep introducing all of these like new more powerful zoids and like here's this thing that apparently is so powerful that it could literally obliterate all life on earth and they're like well screw that we are going to shove this lager in a cannon and shoot it right <laughs> through your hearts yeah and that's going to be good enough
1: the only thing that changed really was van got abs and put them on display in was the, crop top. <laughs> yeah. In the latter. it was,
2: a, no, it, was a, it was a nice change of pace for fan service. That like you right. know very unnecessary clothing style. Oh
0: my god! It's say. actually in my notes that the gender norms. Yeah. I, I, I'll give Zoe's props. We actually switched where a lot of the women and the female characters, um, they have like dressy stuff, but they have like more practical outfits for their jobs. Where all of the men have like super flamboyant hairstyles and face tattoos and clothing i found that to like really stick out to me for some reason this time around
1: fiona between the the first time we meet her and the last episode uh her like she's a little bit older i guess like she's like a little bit taller maybe and looks like a little bit more mature but clothing wise all that you know her appearance is very similar and then there's there's Van, who was 17 <laughs> at the start of the series. That blew my mind when they said his age, because I thought they were going to be like, oh, it's 14 year old Van. No, he's supposed to be 17.
2: Mm-hmm. He, uh, to he didn't grow very fast.
1: Very well, and then nothing, and then yeah. he he glows up quite a bit uh, in the second half. And, and I know I was doing sit ups in his, his bunk.
0: Doing yeah, sit ups in and his library
2: at uh, night. I'll, I'll say something that Zoids didn't do that they that, that i mean and this i think this is more endemic of just like a, a lot of anime especially an anime that the three of us i'm sure grew up on because a lot of it at least a lot of it that came stateside or that became very popular was primarily geared towards boys and it's something that you know i probably didn't give two craps about when i was a boy but, you know now as a man and with my fictional children and just thinking about like what i would want to expose them to and maybe kimball you can you relate especially because you have you have a daughter um maybe even more than one who knows um <laughs> um is one thing that in just four episodes i acknowledged that like the female characters were largely on standby Mm -hmm. um you know like fiona like they were like telling you how important fiona was and like she does like start to do something where it's like all right well i'm gonna sacrifice myself to save the plant to save at least humanity maybe not all the zoids you know but then she, she she loses that moment you know as maybe an no one wants her to die right you know so that van can shoot his liger out of a cannon (laughs) he totally
0: undermines her entire sacrifice too right because she's like i'll do it like it's an epic beautiful moment there's there's music and there's a statue glowing behind her and she's all tied up and she's like i'm gonna sacrifice myself and eliminate all the zoids and then just cuts to van like oh we could do this
1: (laughs) which is which is like also thank god for for them that it paid off right because they were like hey van neat idea sure we'll launch you out of a cannon uh straight at 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 Thanos here um but you you could you you could fail and die and then we're going to have to do Fiona's plan anyway like we got we got one shot at this bud make it count uh the
2: entire military industrial complex of this world is behind the idea of like a 19 year old shooting himself out of a cannon yeah. to destroy the Death Star
1: they, basically they get behind that idea real the quick and is
2: actually kind of like Star Wars
1: there's it's definitely a, a, the fifth element
0: vibe too of just the, a, a female characters being this this powerful magical artifact that has to be hidden away. One one thing that I like stuck out to me is that first episode when he uh, when he finds Fiona and her little cryo So It reminded me a lot of Outlaw Star, was just about which to see also reminded me Star. a lot of Firefly. Which is like there there was a, a little sliver in time when creatives were just like, it's sci-fi. We're just gonna stick powerful girls into eggs into, into yeah. cryo gel like and make them be powerful and, and in a slumber of all some right, sort girls
2: that have to be rescued all the time yeah yep. you know they don't don't get a lot of agency and it's just like i think even in the uh, episodes i i never they never really stop i mean i mean again it was the last two episodes but like there was like an alt fiona that was supporting like was constantly just saying raven raven who was like the alt van um and like all she did was like kind of stand there and sort of commentate on the on the situation but again just sort of like off the side and then there was um the one that was piloting the brontosaurus which again is a weird sentence um Uh, like she you know she at least was like the one firing the cannon right but even her like every every they were always being paid lip service, but it was always back to like, what's Van, you know, doing? What's, what's the, Raven doing? What's Van right. up
1: to now? Yeah, and obviously we we did miss a lot of moments in the show, and but but when we're talking about like the big overarching plot points, which is at the end saving the world, but it all which is what it always comes down to, uh, yeah, it definitely was like, all right, girls, that's great that you have ideas, but let the men fire <laughs> exactly. themselves out of cannons at it.
0: <laughs> I just felt like his line like, it just undermined her. Like her thing is so poetic and epic, and she's like, "I'm gonna sacrifice myself," and he just like, "Oh, that's cute, Fiona, that you want to give your life away for the whole planet." Anyways, we're gonna do my plan. We're gonna shoot me through a cannon right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Oh, I mean, so you, you feel forgot- like your
1: purpose is unfulfilled. <laughs> right. I mean,
2: from our perspective, like we're, we're criticizing it, obviously, because like from a from a narrative standpoint, Fiona's action would have been a lot more dramatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a kids show, especially like, hey, we're going to wipe out everyone to save everyone, basically, mm-hmm. uh, is, is pretty heavy. Um, but, you know, obviously in the context of the world itself, you know, Van obviously cares about Fiona very much, like isn't going to accept a like suicide right. suicide as an option as. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess now I'm almost like going back. I'm not, but just I, I can, I can see how it's understandable within the world itself, but it's sort of like if you had given us the three of us, okay, creative zoids, give us the reins. Like we obviously would have told, we would have had it go in a different, apparently a much more sad direction. <laughs> I don't know that says us, but
1: I, I think, I, and this is a point that I, I did want to make and where we're, we're kind of getting ready to wind down here. Um, I feel like if you had sat down and kind of given me like the brief, like, okay, there's this planet, where there are these creatures called zoids and uh and you know they've been there forever but now humans are here and they pilot them but there's like secret ancient mysterious ones uh write us a generic plot based on that idea i could have almost written out i feel like beat for beat what i saw in this show it it was not breaking any new ground it it did what i've seen in a hundred other animes it it did kind of what you expect to you know it is i understand it's geared a bit more towards kids it's supposed to be exciting in sort of that little bit generic way and i don't want to say i don't want to like disparage the people behind zoids and say that there wasn't any love put into it because obviously people put a lot of work into it the the zoid fights look good like the for, especially for the time and even now still look decent uh but what i'm saying is that they weren't like Okay, reinvent the wheel, give us something we've never seen oh, before. Sure. It's just like give us a vehicle that can feature a bunch of different models that we can then go sell.
0: Oh, 100%. I think their their in their message and their uh, their mission statement was probably the opposite of that, right? It was probably like, "Okay, we want to take Beast Wars and Gundam Wing, put them together and sell some toys." Like they were probably told, you know, we don't really care how good the story is. We just really want to put these two things together cuz separately they sell amazingly people really like them and I think if we put them together it'll be even better and that was pretty much what chaotic century was although it does have more plot I think than the the sequel series Whereas the sequel series I think uh latched on to the whole arena thing with like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon like, and
2: it's just like the tournament arc basically. yeah the yeah. tournament
0: kind of thing and Dragon Ball Z had their entire season of tournaments like I feel like it latched on to that trend um whereas i think this season they definitely were not trying to break the mold if anything they're trying to get, mimic the mold to make more money by right. combining <laughs> two molds together it was a prototypical
2: hero's journey basically they just borrowed star wars and then yep. rolled it. In.
1: for sure Yep, that all that all makes sense to me and based <laughs> on what i saw uh, does anybody else have anything else they they want to mention anything we haven't talked about yet that you want to bring up real quick before we start giving kind of our final thoughts
0: no, i think that's it for me um other than definitely I recommend checking out the toys online just looking at them uh see how like how much money and work put like went into them how like, intricate they were um yeah. i know i have an uh, evangelion model i think i have eva unit two and nice. compared to my liger zero like my, my liger zero was amazing quality wise my i wish my eva unit two was a better quality uh, plastic and and uh design wise but i i thought they definitely Put a lot of effort into the toys with the show. And also, one thing that really stuck out to me is the 3D fights. How I remember, and I mentioned this earlier too, like I used to, I, anytime someone says, hey, we're going to put anime, like animation hand drawn with 3D, it's, it almost always fails. Even today, when I watch new shows like the Ghost in the Shell show on Netflix, so I'm just like, ah, oh, this just isn't it. Like it's not, it's not doing it for me. I feel like Zoids is a rare case for me anyway. Where the 3D fights, at least with the robots on robot fighting, would it's, even today, years later, it still looks pretty good compared to uh, some of the 3D anime that I'm seeing today come out on Netflix.
1: Yeah, the model kits are obviously they're well known and they're well loved. For, you know, it was a fran- it was a model kit franchise for a few years before it was ever an anime. Before that ever all sure. ever got put together, so it definitely when we're get, when we're getting ready to kind of say like is it worth re you know looking again at chaotic century i think we can all say the model kit and the the cool stuff that all's happening there if you have a love for all that obviously it's probably going to be the same quality that it's been and you already know about it you already love it but now is the part where we ask is chaotic century worth <laughs> watching again uh and Kimball, since you, you know, you kind of brought the idea of Zoids, but since we're kind of focusing in on Chaotic Century a little bit, from what we watched here, is this something, you know, you said you still watch anime, you still watch some mech anime. Is this one you think that you'll be spending more time with? Uh,
0: at my age, <laughs> in my uh, time limits, restraints, and the kind of anime that I watch now and, um, as an adult, definitely not. But I do think for different age demographics, or at least for younger people that show an interest in either models or large mech battles it's definitely like the gateway drug not that i'm <laughs> pushing hey kids hate this gateway drug anime but it, it's sort of like an introduction to far better more complex uh and well-made mech shows like escaflowne like gundam wing like evangelion i feel like it's an easy win to pull um to pull a younger demographic uh into that kind of content but okay. for, as for me definitely not <laughs>
1: That's actually a pretty interesting perspective on it, because usually, you know, when we, when we say, like, oh, as adults, yeah, we wouldn't, wouldn't spend time with it. But I like that idea of, like, for a kid, obviously, it's probably still accessible, still exciting in that way, but also as a, like, as a gateway. So if you want your kids to eventually watch Evangelion, uh, set them down in front of Zoids, apparently, and <laughs> it's, a, it's a stepping stone. Nick, Shermooksness, man, I forgot about that for a second. Uh, what, what are your thoughts
2: you know, uh, I'll piggyback on something you had, had said not that long ago, the I, the idea that like Zoids was really just probably a bunch of executives being like, make it safe. So it's very tropey. It's very cliche. Um, and, and maybe this was the nostalgia in me sort of bubbling back up. But like, I actually felt a, a sort of endearment to Zoids as I was revisiting it. Um, am i do i feel possessed to to go back and like really like really dig into all of chaotic cent 67 episodes across two seasons that's a lot of episodes by the way Mm -hmm. um i i there's a part of me that almost wants to say yes but in reality i probably won't it's it 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 was endearing and it was kind of nice revisiting the characters though honestly the first the four episodes that we watched like were so plot heavy that there weren't necessarily a ton of character moments so really uh it's it's harder to recommend it just because of those episodes but clearly that something had to have happened it's something he got those apps somehow (laughs) Somehow. that's the real heart of the story (laughs) um so i think similar to what nick kimball said it's you know i can't see myself really deep diving into it maybe if there was like a new zoid show made more to my current sensibilities but yeah it's something like i could see you know kids today enjoying it uh, obviously you know we had a fairly brief discussion as far as like the way that certain characters are treated narratively speaking like you know i have different hopes or expectations for like what say my fictional kids might consume um and you know zoids has some shortcomings in that regards but as far as the battles and the the epic adventure and and friends teaming up to
0: to kill god like it, you know it, it has that in spades we need the creator for uh t- attack on titan to do a zoids uh, oh my gosh a new season oh boy. At, at least we would have our sad ending that we all decide because well, you know Attack on Titans get the whole meat Gundam thing down pretty good, so I feel like like is doing like real animal versions. <laughs> mm, Gundam. Yum.
1: Oh boy. So for me, as somebody who has no longstanding love of Zoids, uh, this was exactly kind of what I expected it to be. It hit, as I said, it hit all those beats that I could have seen coming from a mile away. I loved watching them shoot a liger out of a cannon on the back of a brontosaurus <laughs> into the heart of a T Rex. That was rad, but that was at the end of 67 episodes, and I don't think I would have felt satisfied with that moment as much if I had to sit through all 67 to get there. I might have missed some really great stuff. I really don't know, but just what I saw, it was fine. It was It was just not—it doesn't wow me. I think that there—this is an anime—this is a series that is very much geared towards— uh, Towards kids and and you know, twelve to thirteen year old boys and and more power to that franchise and, and all that. But if when it comes to revisiting things or is this like a hidden gym that was missed, for me I say no. I don't feel like I missed much by not seeing this aside from some neat looking uh models of of giant fighting dinosaurs. But listeners, in and what? And abs. abs. Yeah, and the abs. And abs.
0: Crop tops and abs. Yep. <laughs>
1: But listeners, if you think that uh, I'm crazy and Zoid's Chaotic Century is super great, then please uh, let us know. Let us know any of your thoughts on this. If you think it's good, if it's bad, if you have any fond memories, any love for the Zoid's franchise, if you have any of the Zoid's models, share them with us. Go to hitmeonemoretime.com. You can find all the ways to contact us, social media, email. We would love to hear it. But uh, now is the time for us to say goodbye for now. Before we do that, though, we want to know where everybody here can be found. Nick Kimball, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate
1: it. Where can people find you should you wish to be found?
0: If they want to look into some good book recs or book suggestions for science fiction and fantasy or things book adjacent, uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube under Wicked Good Books. That is my channel. Um, I post three or four videos every month um, pretty frequently at the, time, like at, at the moment. But uh yeah, try find me on YouTube.
1: Excellent. People check it out. Nick Share Mooksness, where can people find you? And uh, thanks for being here, Ben.
2: Oh, thank you, David. Uh you can find me piloting my uh Instagram art account Liger into the <laughs> Phil Rude Death Saurus <laughs> um nice criticism, I'll call it. <laughs> um and you can also find me on Twitter uh, at Nick Share That's S-E-R-M-U-K-S-N-I-S. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's where you can
1: uh, find me. I am the non-Nick of the show, David Luzader. You can find me under the username Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. Twitter and Instagram, find me there. Or you can find me here next week, where we will be talking about some other nostalgia trip Thank you so much, listeners, for being a part of this episode this week. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. I don't do this show alone. No, I've tried firing him, but he just won't disappear. It's Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello.
2: What up, my shizzle?
1: Okay. Well, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that you said that, because I actually thought of a different introduction I wanted to do. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back just slightly on that. Uh, all right. So Are we really starting over? I'm not starting over. I'm just gonna introduce you again because I have thought of something better. And I don't want shizzle to be what you say when this show starts. We're I
2: I could say it and then we would explain why I said it would be a whole thing.
1: Nope. <laughs> okay. okay.